Hey everyone, welcome to the Thread Threadcast. <laughs> Hope you're doing well. Man, uh, come to you now, there's been so much craziness going on in our world these days. Um, seems like everywhere, time you turn around, sometimes you get punched. Um, sometimes their punches are because you didn't duck or you maybe caused the fire, right? And so, working through those parts in my world right now. Um, but still wanted to work on this threadcast and uh, work on some of this triangle stuff. And so today, um, thanks to Connie um, in our Sunday gathering, she wanted to talk about rhythm under under the the triangle uh, under this self part. Um, we're in the summer here, common thread. We're letting our own people kind of decide what they want to talk about, and then we'll just dive a little bit deeper into it through the week, and then through questions on that following Sunday. So. Uh, this coming Sunday, if you happen to listen to this uh, Threadcast when it first comes out, this Sunday we'll be diving deeper to some questions about self. So if you'd like to join us, love to invite you to do that. We'll put the Zoom link uh, in our Facebook page or on our Faith Life page. Um, if you want it, you can message me through Facebook as well. Um, so yeah, um, Connie brought up some great things to talk about with rhythm. She talked about the idea that... Um, there's times in her life where um, she needs to reset, um, to have the spiritual energy reboosted, and um, she also brought home this great point. Is sometimes when we talk about rhythm, um, adding seems smart, but it's not quite the right way. So, if you want to hear that, let me know. I can get you a copy of that as well. So today, I want to give you um, some thoughts um, from Mike Breen who uh, has come up with a lot of these uh, shapes that we use, help just kind of remember uh, some of these thoughts. And um, when he talks about rhythm, he brings up a shape of a, um, a semicircle or a, a pendulum swing. And we'll come to that here in a little bit. But um, because the idea is that if you think about a pendulum, it swings left to right and uh, it goes back and forth. And really when we talk about rhythm, you can't talk about it um, by itself without talking about, um, when you talk about rhythm, you talk about rest and you talk about work, right? They come together that when you talk about rhythm, both those have to exist. And that's be shown in the, in the pendulum. But um, it is one of those things that there is this tension in all humanity of work and rest. And, you know, the very first commandment given to us by God was to be fruitful and multiply. Uh, we're not created just simply to exist, just to be, just to be people who are fed grapes and laying around on the clouds and whatever, or whatever it might be you find as you're relaxing, going fishing every day, unless you get paid for it, that could be work. Um, but it's clear from the beginning that our creator expects us to produce an increase. Now, that's you know, in today's world, that's full of all kinds of uh, maybe uh, red flags, right? Or uh, warning signs, or we take it to extreme. But this idea um, that we are called to produce um, and that God does want increase. But so many times we think that's the only thing he wants, right? Does that mean that we're meant to be workaholics? Um, and absolutely not. Um, we'll talk about that here a little bit, um, or at least that's where I'm going. No surprise here. Um, but there is this eye we're called to rest, but we're also called to work, right? And, and there's that tension or that stress. 
we all have stress in our lives. Um, and Mike Bring brings up this great point. He says, but not always, not all stress is always bad. Stress, as we recall from a high school physics class, is simply force applied to an object to change its shape or course. Stress fractures occur when the object is unmoving or unbending. So, he says, the right amount of stress on a violin string creates a beautiful note. Too little little stress results in a maddening buzz, or too much stress produces a shrill, off-key sound. So he says, we can't and shouldn't try to avoid stress. It is a part of life, but we are not made to bear too much stress. I'm not a musician, but I get that violin imagery, um, and I think that's important. This idea that um, sometimes uh, we think, well, I shouldn't have any stress in my life at all, right? Um, but here he points out the idea that stress can be good for us. So if I have too little stress in my life, then I'm not producing what I'm supposed to be producing, or if I have too much stress in my life, then I can't bear that weight as well. And, you know, we all know this, but studies estimate that 43% of adults suffer adverse health effects from stress. And stress-related ailments account for 75 to 90% of all doctor's visits. Listen to that. Stress-related ailments account for 75 to 90% of all doctor's visits. And then for our UK friends, it's estimated that the number of stress-related deaths in the UK is to be 180,000 each year year and so it very comes comes down to this idea why do we stand for this level of stress in our lives so um i want you to think about that in your world the that that tension between good stress and bad stress light stress and too much stress that that fine line of having just the right amount of stress where we produce and increase uh, we're designed for intentional activity to produce a sense of fruitfulness in our lives, right? And that's where we see some people that aren't working, especially during COVID. You know, they're questioning what they are, what their their um, purpose in life was. You know, and now I, I think that's partly why we've seen so many people coming out of COVID have changed their jobs and not going back to some of their jobs. Some people say it's because they're lazy, possibly, or maybe they were awakened to the idea that what they were doing was not producing a sense of fruitfulness in their lives, and so they're looking for something else. I think that might be true more so than the laziness part. Um, But here's what I want you to hear when we talk about stress and we talk about work and we talk about rest. That rest is God's healthy starting point for us. Rest is God's healthy starting point for us. If you think about the creation story, you know, um, now, whether you take it as literal or figurative, um, we're not going in that direction right now. I just want you to kind of look at the story itself. And and it says that, that God starts creating on day one. And day six, he creates human beings. Um, and he actually gives them jobs uh, in the Garden of Eden, by the way. So, so work it was always a part of the story. Not We don't work just because of the fall. But work was that they, they had jobs in the Garden of Eden. And, you know, he has that, that command to be fruitful and multiply. But before that happens, look at the, the creation story. And it goes day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. He's creating, he's doing, he's doing. He creates human beings, says it's great, this is really good. 
he gives them their, their commands, but then it says on day seven, he rested. Now, this is going to be a, maybe a stress for some of you, but I'm going to suggest that that rest was not just for God, but that was for Adam and Eve. That in the story that, that Adam and Eve were taught that before they work, that they have Sabbath, um, that they have rest, right? And that's opposite of the way we see work and rest today. Right now, you know, you've got that old uh, cliche saying of I'm working for the weekend, right? So it's that idea that, that I'm going to work so that I can rest. I work hard and then I play hard. But I'm going to suggest to you, and this is a nuance, right? But it's an important nuance that God's way of seeing the relationship between rest and work is that you rest so that you can work. That you produce your best when you are rested. And so in that creation story, um, we see that that he creates them, gives them their their jobs, and then they have that day of rest. And then we imagine humanity beginning its walk on earth and then working because of that rest. As a matter of fact, um, rest from our activities is in God's top ten list, right? Uh, If you go to the Ten Commandments, uh, the commandment to keep the Sabbath, right, to rest, is right up there with don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery. And so you can almost kind of, and I want you to hear this, and this might be kind of, again, a little stretch for you, but does that mean that being a workaholic is up there with thieves, murderers? Adulterers. <laughs> what do you think about that? Right? In that mess, um, we, of course, we we say um, we don't. You know, God's all the sins are equal. Blah blah. blah. Some people say no, but but this is in that top ten list, right? This is God has them there, and He says um, that rest is just, that resting is just as important as these other, of not doing these other things, right? And so the opposite of that would be a workaholic could be just as bad as someone who thieves or someone who kills or someone who commits adultery, right? Man, just let that soak in for a second. Um, and so I want to introduce this idea of the pendulum in your head. And so um, it comes from a passage that I'll read here, and I just want to read it to you. Uh, if you want to find it, you can do the work and search for it, but I just want you to hear the words and, and then we'll talk about a pendulum. So I want, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the pendulum to you. So if, if, you, if, you, if, you, go, if, you got, if you don't have a piece of paper and pen in front of you, pause. Um, go grab a pen and paper just so you can draw you one of this. But if you're driving, don't, don't, don't pause, right? Maybe. Uh, don't draw this. Maybe just imagine in your head if that's what you're going to do. But I want you to draw a straight line across. And then on the left side, I want you to put the church word of abiding and then on the right side of that of the line, opposite end, would be fruitfulness. So you should have a straight line. On the left side, at one end, is abiding. On the other line is, uh, is fruitfulness. Now you could uh, put a slash on abiding and put rest. And then by fruitfulness, you can put work. Okay? So now once you got that line across, then I want you to do a, draw a, a, a semicircle, a smiley face, if you will, connecting those two ends that goes underneath the line you just drew. And so you've got you kind of a... a a half moon there, a smiley face, whatever you're a semicircle, if you will. 
And so on the left, you have abiding. On the right, you have fruitfulness. Then if you start on your left on abiding, and about a quarter of the way down, I want you to write the word pruning. P-R-U-N-I-N-G. Pruning. And then go to the right a little bit more and write the word growing. Okay? So on your paper, you should have a semicircle. Uh, top left, abiding. Top right, fruitfulness. Under fruitfulness should be growing. To the left of growing, under abiding should be pruning somewhere. And if you want to kind of in the middle of that line on top, draw a line down and maybe make a little pendulum that looks like it's swinging so that you can see this is meant to have movement back and forth from abiding to fruitfulness, that will be helpful. Okay? Well, let me read this passage to you. Um, again, I'm not going to tell you where it's at. If you want to find it, you can, but just listen to it. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me or abide in me, and I will remain in you. No branch, no branch, no branch, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless, neither can you bear fruit unless, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from you, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Okay, yeah. Um, great passage, right? And that, that idea, when you hear remain in me, I want you to think of rest or abiding, right? Because sometimes we think um, when it's talking about remain in me, that means I'm doing work, I'm doing disciple work, I'm, uh, I'm doing deep, deep, deep Bible studies. And that could be it, right? But sometimes our Bible studies become more work than they are restful, right? So I want you to understand and hear, hear this, that distinction, right? And so, um, remember, God's way is that you begin in the rest, and and then it, that leads into the fruitfulness. So the pendulum, if you if is we're going to beginning in, it begins like uh, in the Sabbath on on that seventh day of creation story. We begin on the left side in abiding in rest, and we'll come back and we'll talk about rest here in a little bit. But as we leave that rest, and this is what determines that it's the right kind of rest. That is, the pendulum swings to the right. Before we can get into fruitfulness, there is the concept of growing. And I think that's the, that's the good um, marker of it, whether you are doing rest right. Is that true abiding in God is not meant to just be lazy. But when you rest in God, there's also growth that happens, right? That, that, that for you to be fruitful, you, you can't be as you were. That you have to grow and become stronger and there's so much imagery in that in that vine. Then you know, you've used the grapevine, right? You know, if you've, you've heard, I don't know if you've heard, but you know, people that are, have vineyards when they start a new uh, vine, they will cut the fruit off it for the first two or three years 
um, before um, it allows fruit to truly produce because if fruit starts producing too early, it'll just make the vine won't be strong enough and it'll just um, kill the vine. And so there is this idea that growth must happen, right? And so that's a good way to determine whether you're you're resting right, that there's some type of growth. It doesn't necessarily... Now, growth is a whole other conversation. We can talk about that and, you know, that that can happen a lot of different ways. But you are meant to grow and then you get into production, you get into fruitfulness, that growth must happen before fruit is produced and growth comes from knowing how to abide. So all those things are connected, right? And so, so you, you, you rest, and in that rest, growth happens. Um, you're beginning to grow as a person, and then you can jump into your work, into your fruitfulness, and you can do what you're supposed to do. And sometimes we, we, when we find that groove, when we rest it right, and we, we hear God's calling, we jump into everything we have. And what happens, especially like with pastors, you know, they'll jump into a new ministry or whatever it might be, and they'll just go full tilt. And the problem is, is we think, man, things are going so great. I've got to just keep going. I've got to keep going. If I stop working, uh, it's not. No, it's going to all die if I don't do this, right? It, uh, and so you get it. That's where this workaholics comes into place. But just like any good pendulum, there has to be a swing back, right? And so after we leave fruitfulness, we start heading back to abiding. But another part of this this semicircle, this this process of rest. And work that we get from that passage is the concept of pruning. And again, you can look up all great examples on, on what it means in, in farming and in, in vineyards and what it means to, you know, that you, you cut back branches, right? Um, so that they can, that that, that whole um, tree or vine can grow stronger. And the same is for us is that after you have left a time of work and after you've worked so hard, you think, oh, I've got all these beautiful things. I can't cut back. I've got to add more. But in reality, we have to prune things in our lives. That there's parts of our lives, parts of our our ministry, parts of the things that we're doing, and they might be good, right? Sometimes we think I just prune the bad things, but sometimes you prune things that are going well. Now, again, we get into the definition of pruning. Maybe it doesn't mean that you're just letting it go die itself, but maybe pruning means you get it off your plate and get it onto somebody else's plate, right? The idea of discipleship, you know, bringing someone else in. Ooh, that's a whole other conversation, right? But there is this idea that um, that you are called to, um, to prune. That, that a, good, a good way to experience uh, this rest and this growth and the way to abide is that before you go into rest, you need to prune things in your lives. We need to have times of pruning in our churches um, as well. You know, um, sometimes activity needs to cease, right? And that's why at Common Thread, um, we talk about the idea that on the, when there's a month of a fifth Sunday that we rest, right? You, you know, we change it here in July to the first Sunday, um, but there are times of rest and there are times of abiding. That means that you cut things out. I think sometimes churches need to model what that looks like, that it's not just true for human beings, but it's true, it's true for corporations. It's true for, for uh, churches, for uh, nonprofits, right? Um, and I love, you know, however you feel about Chick-fil-A, 
Um, you know, it's a great example how they, they take off Sundays. You know, they don't work Sundays. You know, there's some other places that do that as well. And so um, that gets you after you've done the pruning, you go into rest. And I think a great thing that uh, Connie brought up in her conversation is that rest looks different for everybody. That your what somebody considers rest may not be rest for you, right? And so you need to find your own personal style of rest. You need to find your own way of, of finding um, uh, what that's going to look like. You know, if you're an introvert or an extrovert, right? For an extrovert, going to an island and sitting there by yourself will not be restful, right? Or um, going on a group trip for an, for a, a, did I just say that wrong? I can't remember. Extroverts going to an island by themselves would hate it. Introverts going to a party or going to a small group, isn't that's not going to be restful for them, right? So um, I give you permission uh, to experiment in ways of rest and to explore what's best for you. The other thing to think about in this idea of rest and work, but especially in the rest, is that to look at how nature itself, uh, how God's creation itself has its own breakouts, right? Um, There's days, and then there's weeks, then we have months, and then you even have seasons, right? Those exist, um, you know, days, weeks, and months. Those are, you know, man-made in a sense. Now, we have, we can all talk about, you know, the sun rising and setting, right? That God sets into place these things. And so, when you think, look at setting your schedule up and, and having a healthy rhythm where the pendulum is swinging back from abiding to fruitfulness, from rest to work, that I think you look at it on all those levels. What is your, how do you have rest and work in your day? How do you have rest and work in your week, right? You know, and, and how are you doing that, right? Is your week, are you working for the weekend or are you resting so that you can work for the week? You look at the month and then also there's seasons, right? And and so this is where I hand this off to you. And this is where you need to do the wrestling with uh, your own pendulum, with your own semicircle. Is where in your life do you build and rest? Where do you build and work, right? How can you be most fruitful through rest. So, something to think about. I hope that gives you something um, to, to, to chew on, gives you something to grow on. And um, if you have any ideas, I, um, I think uh, Connie gave some great ideas on what she does to rest. But if you have ideas, I'd love to hear some of those on some, some great examples of what you have done um, that we could share with each other. So, hope you have a great day. Grace and peace.